All right, we're on. Hello, everyone, and welcome to week number four of Preacher Talk. We are uh, closing out the first month of podcasts, and we're so thankful for how the Lord is using this and uh, look forward to how he's going to use this. Uh, we're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we'll get right into it. I'm going to ask Brother Drew if he will open this up in prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come to you right now just uh, thankful for what you've done. Uh, thank you just for using this as an encouragement, God, if not for anybody else, God, that you've done it for me. Oh God, but I just thank you that you opened up this door of opportunity for us to come together and just to uh, encourage one another and just to hear from these great men of God. I thank you for Brother Cody and his ministry. God, I pray that you continue to be with him as he's a pastor, uh, just navigating through these tough times. God, just be with him. God, touch him tonight. God, just use him. God, we love you. Thank you for all that you're going to do. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, uh, we're excited this week to have Brother Cody on here. Uh, I'm not speaking for just myself, but... I can say that Brother Cody's one of my heroes and probably a lot of these guys, you know, uh, they're one of, you know, one of their heroes as well. So, Brother Cody, I'm not going to introduce you or anything. Why don't you uh, tell the people, you know, the name of your church, um, a little bit about yourself, and then you can just go in and give us what God's given you. Okay. Uh, first, I want to say I really appreciate you guys and, and know you guys and really appreciate the opportunity. Brother Brandon reached out to me and asked me to – come on here and do this. And it is honor, man. I appreciate it. I love all you guys and I thank God for you. So my name is Cody Zorn. I pastor the Bible Missionary Baptist Church in Rockwell, North Carolina. I know brother Micah and brother Joe have both been to our place before brother Joe actually preached for us a few months ago. And, um, so that's where I'm pastored at now for not quite three years almost. But before that I was in evangelism for almost 12 years from the time uh, I guess from about 22 till uh, till I was about 34, I was in full-time evangelism. Me and my wife and our four children traveled the country. Uh, I'll just give you a little history of who I am, where I come from. Uh, born and raised in southeastern Georgia where the Vidalia Sweet Onion grows and, and grew up in this. I'm, you know, um, my testimony may be similar to what some of you guys are or people that watch. Maybe it's not. Uh, I didn't necessarily have a testimony where I, I can't remember a time where one day I heard the name Jesus and that was the first time I'd ever heard the name Jesus or the first time I ever heard the plan of salvation. I, I was brought up in a home. My dad got saved the year that I was born. My mom got saved two years before I was born. So God allowed me to be born in a great home and a great atmosphere. But just being born in that, we all understand it still takes the blood of Jesus to save me just like it did the street walker or anybody else. And so as a teenage boy, the Holy Ghost convicted my heart one night when another evangelist was preaching named Brother Daryl Weaver. I don't know if any of y'all know Brother Daryl. And uh, he was preaching in a place called Pembroke, Georgia, Northside Baptist Church. And uh, trusted the Lord Jesus Christ and got born again and uh, started preaching my local church. And my pastor was gracious to give me opportunities to preach and make a mess of things. And I preached and ran bus route and preached the children's church and the youth and then after a little while, uh, some doors kind of opened to preach here, there, and yonder, and then started preaching a prison ministry that I did for about three years every Monday night at my home church. And then God just, um, when he put the burden in my heart to go into full-time evangelism, he just started opening doors that was just beyond my wildest dreams or expectations of what he would do. And uh, we did that, like I say, for about 12 years. And, and this church that I pastor now, we had preached revivals for them for about 10 of those years that I was in evangelism. Sometimes two times a year we would be here. Became real close with this church as far as just preaching for them. 
And when their other pastor resigned, they approached me about it. And I'll be honest, I was not interested in pastoring. Didn't want a pastor. Uh, God had been good to me. And, and I thought if I ever pastored, it would be my home church. My uncle is my pastor. We got a little small home church where I come from. My home is five minutes from the church. I was born and raised in the county, never moved out of it. I thought, God, if you let me ever pastor, I'm, I'm going to stay right here next to my family, pastor right here. But God had other plans and beat me around for several months before I finally threw up the white flag and said, all right, Lord, I'll do it. And so we moved up here in uh, December, December, January of 2017. And um, that right, 2017, 2018, one or the other. Been here ever since. Whatever computes to almost three years now. And uh, time flies when you're having fun. So the Lord's been gracious, though, and given me a great church to be able to pastor. And I'm still uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I normally, when coronavirus is not going on, uh, go preach revivals Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then home at our place on Thursday nights, we have midweek service, just like Dr. Brown did for years at Victory. And uh, preach on Thursday night at the church, and then Friday, Saturday with the family, Sunday at church, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday going again. I'm sorry, my dog just walked in. You ain't got, don't edit that out. It ain't like Brother Joe's sister's walking in. So, anyways, that right there is Kirby. This is this is Kirby. I named him after the Georgia Bulldogs head coach, Kirby Smart. That's exactly right. That's Kirby right there. He's the man. And, uh, but anyways, that's that's my story in a in a short story form. And, uh, I'm nothing and nobody. I wish well, – I don't wish. But I can't sit here and tell you Cody Zorn something or anybody. You guys have been around Cody Zorn long enough to know he, he's not much. But, uh, man, we serve a mighty big God, and he's been real, real good to us. And just an honor to get to say anything for him. Just tonight, preached at the church and uh, preached out of Psalm 107 over there where it said, they that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wanderers in the deep and uh, preach tonight on seeing things straight in the storm. And, uh, man, we had a good time. So that's, that's, that's who I am. Brother Cody, I'll never forget, uh, the first time I ever heard you preach was in 2016 at the camp meeting that my church, Victory Held. Right. And uh, I'll never forget sitting on the second row that night, and uh, you were preaching, and you started telling the story of how you, you took your, your daughters to Georgia football game. And it, it just so happened, y'all didn't know it, that it was senior night. Yeah. And uh, y'all, I, I remember you. One, one statement that you said was, when you go to a Georgia game, you don't dress down, you dress up. It's a, it's a, it's a religious experience. And, uh, but I remember you, you telling that story, and when, when they come over the loudspeaker, they, it, it just so happened that it was Aaron Murray's senior year. And uh, they came over the loudspeaker, and they were introducing Aaron Murray. And uh, they came on and said, you know, now introducing and said where he's from. And uh, the, the, the moment that, that you said that about they introduced Aaron Murray and then said it, it was almost like the, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit hit you. And he said, isn't this how church is supposed to be? Oh, yeah. And you, you got into, you know, how, you know, it, it, at one point it would be like, you know, now introducing. He's the almighty. And just went on listing his characteristics. And I'll never forget sitting there on that second row that night and, and seeing you preach and seeing the Lord use you and just just seeing that now hearing your testimony and how you grew up 
and, and you know, seeing how the Lord is using you now as a pastor, you know, I, I just, I, I want to tell you, and I can speak, I can speak for these guys as well, because I know them and we've talked about you, that you are a, you're, you're a tremendous influence to us. And uh, you're, you're a, you're a tremendous encourager. And, uh, you know, I, I heard you preach last night on, on the Zoom revival that we did. Man, you just, you, you have a way to, to encourage my heart and to encourage these fellas' hearts. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you for everything that you do and, and for, for coming on with us. Um, I, know, I know these guys have some stories that, that they could tell too, but I, I say we, we can open it up. And if you guys have a story that you want to tell about Brother Cody or, or a message that he's preached, go right ahead. Yeah, I'll, uh, well, I'll go ahead and say this, man. Um, this was the first time me and, I, I don't know if Brother Micah, the first time Brother Micah ever heard Brother Cody preach was when I heard him preach first. But the first time I ever heard him preach was actually, remember when you started your Thunder and Thursdays, Brother Cody? Yeah. And the first night you preach, and yeah, me and Brother Micah were there. I remember that. We were there. That was the first time I'd ever heard you preach in person. Uh, but. It's, it's really a cool story because through those Thunder and Thursdays, me and Brother Micah got connected with Brother Brent, and that's when we decided to go to Carolina Bible College. Really? Which is where we met these guys. You I know, know. Uh, me and Micah had been praying about it, and we, you know, we were seeking the Lord, and then we got to meet Brother Brent and uh, got to go eat at the Mexican restaurant with him. So that was th- – that that's kind of a cool story about – something outside of what normally happens at your Thunder and Thursdays that you probably didn't know about. Uh, but yes, sir. So that, I thought that'd be a pretty cool awesome. That gives me more confirmation that the Casa Grande is the, that's the place the Holy Ghost meets. Praise God. <laughs> it is. It is. It if there's one thing I hate about coronavirus, it's that I haven't been able to go get a Speedy Gonzalez from the daggone Casa Grande. I'm hey. about to go into DTs right now. <laughs> another funny story man i keep going to that restaurant right now and order you what brother cody gets it's the same thing every time every time I, it, what is it a dr pepper brother cody or a, or a sweet tea sweet tea with a speedy gonzalez speedy yeah. gonzalez that's what you get <laughs> every mexican restaurant you go to it don't matter if you're here or anywhere you say i want a speedy they know what you're talking about Speedy, I want to speedy. speedy, but uh, and you know, one of my favorites that Brother Cody probably preaches, I probably got three the one on Jesus can float your boat, yes, yes, and then the potter knows this clay, and then um, is it thank God I'm free, Brother Cody, where you give the illustration about the bird, yeah, oh man, yeah. oh man. The first I time I ever preached, funny story behind that, the first time I ever preached that message, I entitled it Free Bird. But the more I started, I was preaching in the South and all, and the more I preached that message, all that people wanted to come up and talk about afterwards was, I oh, know Leonard Skinner, and I'll use the last Leonard Skinner, Free Bird. And I was like, all right, I'm changing the title of this message from Free Bird. Uh, Brother Cody, I have, a, I have a catchphrase. And if you if you ask anybody that that goes to school with me or that knows me, uh, whenever whenever I say something or I want to do something, and they they decide to do something else, I say whatever floats your boat, but Jesus floats mine. And that Amen. came from your message at camp meeting. Yeah. I think it was last year. Amen. When Jesus can float your boat. 
So that that's that's one of my one of my catchphrases that I have. And but but that yeah, came from right. one of your messages last year. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mike or Drew, y'all got something y'all want to share about Brother Cody? Yeah, actually. Well, first time, well, you go ahead. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah, the first time I actually heard you preach was at a rise, I think probably three or four years ago. It was a morning service. And I remember the amount of scripture that was quoted was unreal. Um, I started looking down at my Bible because it was just, you know, you were preaching, you were, you were getting with it. And I was like, he's saying some really good stuff. Well, then I'm looking down and I'm like following along and starting to read with you because you were quoting the Bible. Like you quoted like three or four chapters of the Bible and didn't even know it. And I think that just kind of goes to show that like it's when you hide the word of God in your heart, the things that he can do through you and in your life. Like I look at your ministry, the what you have to, especially in today's society with the technology is the people that you've reached is just insane. And all that started probably at a young age, whenever you started to hide the word of God in your heart. And now it's just so instant that you didn't have to think about it. You didn't have to try and remember a quote. It was just so instant. And I think that that was the thing that, that encouraged me the most. And it really brought the, the verse, and I think Second Timothy, be instant in season out, preach the word, be instant in season out of season. And that was the first thing I immediately learned about you, that yeah. at the drop of a hat, you can quote, I mean, chapters upon chapters of the Bible. And Brother, it, I'm gonna, I'll say this about that, and to all you guys and anybody that watches, uh, one of my biggest advice, uh, biggest pieces of advice I would give to any young preacher getting started in ministry is immerse yourself in that book. I mean, read it several times a year. Even just reading it, you'll retain more than you think you will. And by doing that, you familiarize yourself with it. But then get you some verses of Scripture and, and memorize them, man. It, you know, uh, it, write them down somewhere and stick them where you see them a lot of times. I'm sitting at my desk, and right now I've got a passage of Scripture that's right in front of my eyes right now that I'm committing to my memory. And, and so I see it all the time, so it's easier for me to do it. Just it's funny that you mentioned that just tonight we uh we got two little young boys in our church Tatum and Turner I don't know Tatum is the oldest and he can't be any more than five years old maybe and he came to me last Sunday and he said preacher Cody real country kid and he's he's he quoted the verse to me uh what time I'm afraid I'll trust in thee Psalm 56 3 I said I'm getting you to quote that Thursday night and he did he came up front of the church quoted in front of the church and so, man, that just blesses my heart. Um, yeah. That's our only defense even against the devil, man. Jesus, yes, he combated the devil. All three times the devil said it's written, and all three times Jesus fought back with it's written, it's written, it's written, not not I think, not this is what he gave right. him, the word of God. And, man, especially in preaching, man, there's nothing so powerful in preaching or in a message than when you can just throw off, three, four, five, six, seven verses, just bam, 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 like that real quick that you've got in your heart and they pop loose. Man, it really, especially when you're hammering on a point, if you can throw some scripture yeah. behind it, it's like, man, it just drives that nail so deep down in the heart. Because at the end of the day, it ain't what I say. It ain't what y'all say. We Try. all know it. God says. And and if we can keep that stuff on tap where we can just bam, 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 it, it really helps a lot. It really does. Now, the yeah, Bible says in... Go ahead, Brandon. All right. All right. Well, I was going to say, because I, I, I don't really have, you know, something spiritual, but there's only one person that I've heard quote scripture as much as Brother Cody behind the pulpit. That's Brother Kenny Baldwin. Both of y'all are, I'm telling y'all, like machine guns. Because uh, I was watching your uh, your sermon, Sin is Like a Snake, 
two days ago at Truth Missionary, and I think they're at the towards the end. I I think I counted eight or nine that you just bam, 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 bam. And uh, I was, I mean, it's like Drew said, it just speaks. It it, it speaks of loud volume. I'm glad that you said that about Brother Kenny Joe. I was just getting ready to say something about that. You know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God. Right. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And, you know, also going along with what Drew said, you know, when, when you when you hide the word in your heart, there's two men that I've heard preach that I consider my mentors and, and two men that I know that, that can quote scripture just like that when they're preaching. And that's Brother Cody and Brother Kenny Baldwin. I'll never forget the, the first camp meeting I went to again. Brother, Brother Kenny preached on Tuesday night. Brother Cody Zorn was right behind him. And, I mean, both nights just quoting scripture like that. And that just goes to show you when you, when you get in the word and when you study the word, but not only study it, when you know how to put it into the context, the, the thing that, that I find about these two men quoting these scriptures when they're preaching, it's not just random scriptures. These are scriptures that, yeah, that go right. with their messages, that are in the right context of their messages, and they know what they're talking about. So, and, and that, that's what it means, rightly dividing the word of truth. And exactly. when you hide that word in your heart, you, you don't have to go look them up, you know. And that, that's the thing about these, these two men that, that we're talking about. And uh, Br- Brother Kenny will actually be on in, in, a, in a couple of weeks later down the road with us. And, uh, but I Just know, really I, surprise, I had to, I had to, but, uh, you know, bro- brother Cody and brother Kenny are, are, I know when I speak for Joe and Drew and Micah, some of our, our biggest mentors, oh, yeah. and, uh, they're, they're just an encouragement to us and, and a testimony to, to what, what the Lord, how the Lord can use you when you study his word and when you hide his yeah. word in your heart. And I, and I'll say this to you guys, um, the, the difference between, and, 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 and wherever God puts you guys at, whether it's pastoring or evangelism. Uh, so in evangelism, I never had the opportunity to do much teaching. Uh, they didn't call me in for that. They called me in to preach. That's what they wanted. And, that, and that's, that's what I needed to do. But one element that I missed from being in my home church for years, I used to teach the adult Sunday school class and I love the teaching element. And so, uh, in, in the preaching, you don't get opportunity to slow down a whole lot and tell people, all right, turn to this verse. Okay, turn to that verse. Okay, turn to this verse. You kind of, in one passage, exegete one passage. You only get, you know, 30, 45 minutes to exegete, and then you're done. Whereas when I'm teaching to our folk in Sunday school or on Sunday nights, it gives me an opportunity to slow down. What I'm, what I'm kind of getting at with that is in your preaching, that memorization of Scripture, you, you, you've got a limited time frame to give people something in preaching. And, and especially if it's Sunday morning or something, you know, the Sunday morning only Christians that you, you only got a limited time frame to hold their attention. And I'm just yeah. going to be honest with you. Look, that book's my life. But if all of a sudden you start taking people, all right, turn here, now turn there. If they're not a real committed Christian, right. you're going to lose them after the first couple of times you start turning. It's it, it, As far as in preaching, it's better to get you a passage, exegete the passage. And then if you need verses to back it up, man, unless you've just really got to turn to another one. And sometimes I'll use two passages of scripture right off the bat and say, turn to these two places. But after that, I'll exegete one passage, run those verses in that one passage, whatever verses they are. But if I need extra verses around the Bible to back it up, learn to quote them, learn to quote them. 
Put them in your heart so that way you can just quote them to the people. Give them the reference. You know, it says, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, and that from a child that's known the Holy Scriptures, or there it might be wise in the salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, all scriptures given by you know, then you yeah. can give them more scripture. But as far as in your preaching, teaching is going to be something totally different. Teaching, hey, that's what people are there for. Slow down, run all the references, point them to them, show them to them. But in your preaching, uh, commit that stuff in your memory so that if you need something else to back up the passages you're exegeting, you can just spit it out to them so yeah. you don't lose people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, sir. Brother Michael, you got something to add? Well, just what's already been said, Brother Cody has been a great encouragement to me, just getting to know him on a personal level, talking to him, and, of course, his preaching. Um, I think it was you that said it, Brandon, <clears throat> that message he preached. Last year I wasn't there, but I've listened to it several times. That arise has been a help to me uh, at several different points in my life yeah. and in my spiritual walk, um, but not only to me, but several others that I know that I have shared that with has been a blessing to me. Um, but Brother Cody, if there's one thing you could say to a young preacher um, in this generation, I know you talked about having God's word in, in your heart. Is there anything else that you could give a young preacher in this generation that you think would be the biggest help that you could think of that you would say? Let me ask you this. You talking about more or less like a young preacher looking to go into full-time ministry at some point down the road? Yes, I, I, I would say one of the biggest hindrances to a lot of young preachers, um, uh, there's three things my preacher always told me. Gold, girls, and glory are the three things that'll mess up any any young man. They mess up anybody. Uh, the, the gold don't normally come till later. At this point in your life, hey, everybody's just trying to make it and live and, yeah. and spam them and whatever you can do right now, you know, that comes later. But right now, there's going to be girls out there that's going to try and screw every one of y'all up so you don't end up being effective. And then glory. All, all of y'all are smart. All of y'all got the power of God. Brother Joe preached for us, did a phenomenal job, had huge viewership online. People still talk about the message. And y'all listen to me because all of y'all have ability. God's given all y'all ability, anointed y'all. People are going to come up and they're going to inflate you. They're going to... Man, that was great. Man, that was this. Man, that was that. I'd rather hear you than my preacher. I'd rather hear, man, don't let the glory stay humble yeah. as you can. Stay humble as you can. Remember where God Amen. got you from. We ain't nothing to nobody. We deserve, all of us deserve hell. That's right. And on, on that vein about that, for a young preacher that's thinking about going into full-time ministry down the road, just don't, don't get over your skis too far. And what I mean by that is don't try and start stepping out before God opens the door for you to step out. Be faithful to your local church. Be faithful to your local man of God and try and do everything you can. Stay busy where you're at until God puts you somewhere else. God knows your address. God knows your phone number. God knows where you are. Go to as many meetings as you can. Yes, do all those things that you can. But at the end of the day, Learn to run a bus route at your home church. Me and my wife for several years, several years, ran a bus route at my local church under my pastor, picked up snotty-nosed bus kids and brought them to church and preached to them every Sunday morning, took them home every Sunday night. Did it again on Wednesday night to them. I preached in the prison every Monday night. And I showed up and sat on my second pew and shouted amen to the top of my lungs to my pastor and sat there and made notes in my Bible and soaked and gleaned. And man, just... 
bloom where you planted until God uproots you and puts you somewhere else. And uh, ain't no doubt God's going to use every one of you guys. I mean, I, I know Brother Mike and Brother uh, Joe just a little better than I know Brother Brandon and Brother Drew. So, I mean, I, I, and I'm sure it's the same way with you guys. There's no doubt God's going to use you guys. There's going to be churches that's going to call for y'all to pastor or meetings that's going to call for y'all to preach uh, or, or, where it, or whatever, mission field, who, who knows. Um, but until then, until then, God's put you in a local church. Man, back that local man up all you can yeah. and, and be as faithful as you can and find ministries to do there all you can. And if it's going on at the church, be a part of it. And it, I, I'm just going to tell you all this. It is hard. It, it's hard to look at a group of people in 10 more years that God puts you over as the pastor. And you look at them and say, bless God, y'all need to be faithful. And bless the Lord, y'all need to be tithing. And bless the Lord, y'all need to show up for visitation we have. And bless the Lord, somebody needs to run a bus route. And all that stuff, you have to preach all that stuff. That's hard to preach. I mean, like, preach like you should if you never did that before. Yeah. yeah. And so, man, you need to be able to have those illustrations in 10 years, 15 years. You need to be able to have that stuff where you can stand up in front of those people and say, I remember when I used to run a bus route. And I can tell you about young people that are still living for God today because they got saved on that bus route. Or I can tell you somebody we Amen. met knocking on door. And that what that does is that lets your people know, hey, he's not expecting anything out of us that he hasn't already done or he's not yeah. doing it now. I mean, you don't end up right. stop doing those things. But a lot of times yeah. you end up with so many different irons in the fire, you can't do all the things that you used to do. But do all those things now when you can. So that way, man, you got street credibility down the road with your people. They say, hey, this guy's been there. This guy's done that. It's not like he, you know, just shirked out of any kind of work and jumped straight into the pulpit somewhere. He actually did the nitty gritty and the down and dirty. And I, I would I would give that advice, you know, to any young Amen. preacher. That, that's just personal experience. That's what I did. Amen. And I can give you my pastor's phone number, 912-293-1903. <laughs> You can ask him when, when, when Cody Zorn, before he was ever an evangelist, was he faithful every service 30 minutes early? Did he do everything I asked him to do? I guarantee you anything he asked me to do, I did it. Friday afternoons, we preached on the street every Friday afternoon. Rain, shine, heat, cold, cuss out, people flipping you the bird. And, and it, <laughs> But it, it taught me so much. Those things were the preaching on the street, preaching in nursing homes, preaching to children's church, preaching the youth department, uh, 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 preaching in the prison. Y'all, it taught me so much. And, and I am what I am now because of all those building blocks that God put in my life. And there's so much now that I teach our people in Sunday school, verse by verse teaching, exposition of the scriptures, verse by verse teaching in Sunday school that I do now. And they don't even realize it. I tell them, it, I tell it to them, but they don't realize it. There is so much of what I teach them. It was just simply what I was taught. And that's what Paul said. He said, the thing which thou has heard of me, commit thou to faithful men, which right. thou teach others also. And I've got so many notes in, in this Bible that I've got sitting here in front of me. And the only and, and I got them all from sitting in, a, a lot of them from sitting in Sunday school, listening to my preacher teach. And God would speak to my heart. And I'd write stuff down. And it stuck so much for me. Now I can give it to somebody else. but. I, and I, I, I'm not saying this necessarily for you all watching because I know that your heart and I know where you're at, but there may be some other guys watching. 
don't skip the building blocks that make all yes. the difference. It makes all mm-hmm. the difference. Y'all, I, I know that people look at, at men like uh, uh, Brother C.T. Brother C.T. is one of my best friends. I love him to death. But a lot of guys, I've seen guys, literally seen guys, that they, they think that's where he started at. Yeah. That's not true. They don't see yeah. – they don't see that he pushed a vacuum cleaner around victory and was right. the flunky for years for that old man of God. They don't see where he came from sitting under his daddy back up in the hollers in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. They don't see all that. All they see is now where God's blessed him at. Mm-hmm. They don't see all those. And, and he would not be what he is without those foundational building blocks that made him who he is. So at this point, any of your lives, whether you're at victory or at, or at, uh, at Carolina, Man, get all the building blocks that you can, and and I know you are. Get all that foundational stuff that you can, because I promise you, yeah. it's vital down the road. It's vital Amen. for everything that you're gonna need. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, Cody, I grew up. My my granddad was a pastor, and my dad was a pastor, and I sat under Dr. Brown, and now under Pastor CT. Amen. And I can't think of a time that we've gone through something that we're going through now as far as this virus shutting down the world and, you know, uh, us being in quarantine, as I I know you've got a church to pastor. So as a pastor and also as an evangelist that travels and depends on that too, how, number one, how do you keep from getting discouraged through this? And number two, how do you, how do you handle pastoring a church in a time like this where it's, where it it was at one point strictly online. I know y'all have gone back to services now, but how do you keep from getting discouraged and how do you handle a time like this? Uh, as far as the getting discouraged thing, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I really miss right now going and preaching. I'm, I'm missing it bad. Thank God next week, me and Barry Spears are doing a, uh, we're going to do it. It's going to be drive-in church, but we're back at it next week in Ohio. Together. And then the next week it, it's all fixing to kick back off. Most pastors now, um, just segue and say this most pastors now are kind of starting to see through the coronavirus bull mm-hmm. we were duped. <laughs> we were we were duped. come yeah. on with it brother the cody numbers, the that's numbers exactly don't back right. it up the numbers don't yeah. back it up we yeah. just kind of you, you get what i'm saying right so right, most right. of them now are kind of like forget y'all we're gonna yeah. have church i don't care what Amen. y'all so yeah. anyways uh, regardless of all that as far as being discouraged brother <laughs> Before coronavirus started, like I told y'all earlier, what my normal schedule, my normal schedule, and we we have a Christian school as well. It's about that this is going to be the last year it's running, but normally I did Thursday morning chapel for Christian school. So on a normal week before coronavirus, my normal week was this, Sunday school, Sunday morning, preach Sunday morning, uh, um, choir practice Sunday afternoon, preach Sunday night either leave drive or fly somewhere on monday preach monday tuesday wednesday night then preach to our kids at our school thursday morning and preach at our church thursday night and a lot of times i'd have another meeting on friday night somewhere and so and then it would start all back over so i just be honest i have kind of enjoyed my time with my family i'll say that it i i didn't get discouraged i miss going but i'm kind of encouraged over the fact i've had a good time being with my wife and four children Mm -hmm. Uh, some extra time that I did not have before. <laughs> so that's been encouraging. Uh, I've been able to do a little more reading. And uh, as far as staying encouraged, I've stayed busy. Even though I haven't been gone, I've stayed busy around the church. That's uh, no doubt you guys understand and will know this now or will later. 
as a pastor, you're not just a pastor. You're if if you're a pastor, you're also a plumber and an electrician. Yeah, yeah, and a carpenter and whatever else. So I told my treasurer the other day, I said, "You guys will be glad when I get back on the road. I'm costing the church money while I'm staying here. <laughs> There's constantly little projects I want to do that I wasn't able to do while I was gone. Yeah. We got yeah. we're doing this project, that project, that project, that project, and it's costing the church money. So I said, "Y'all gonna be glad when I'm gone. I ain't, I'm gonna spend all kind of money since I've been here trying yeah. to get this rolling." But anyways, um, the other thing you asked was not how I stay encouraged. That's I've stayed busy and I've stayed enjoying my family. But as far as our church, I'll say this as well. When you pastor a church that's, it doesn't matter what the size of it is. I'm not going to put a number on any churches like this. It doesn't matter if it's from whatever to whatever. You ain't going to please everybody. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I, I wish I could, but I can't. And, and y'all, that, that, that's one. Now you want to talk about some discouragement. Here's where a little bit of, I wouldn't say discouragement, more like frustration. Frustration is okay. Coronavirus is hitting back the first part of March. We didn't know what it was as far as how bad it was going to be. We just know what they were telling us. So I've got all these older people and, and folk and, and I need to try and protect them. So when I start saying we're going to go to online, immediately some of our people's like, you could just tell, yeah, you know, like just we ought to keep meeting. But then give it a couple of weeks, them same people that thought I was crazy for social distancing with people and such as that, the last couple of weeks we had church in the end of February, 1st of March, after a couple of weeks, they're like full-blown coronavirus is real and we all going to die and they ain't coming back to church. You know, at first they were skeptical. Now they go away the other way. I've tried to stay in the middle of the road and not fall yeah. off the pitch on either side. Yes, sir. And so, um, uh, so we have outdoor service. The entire month of April, we did drive-in service. Um, some people weren't going to come. It didn't matter. They, yeah. they aren't either. They don't like drive-in service, so they weren't coming for that reason, or they were still just scared to death. And even sitting in their car, they're not coming. So now we're moving back into church. Some of them ain't happy about, you know, they don't want to, you know, they, they still need, we need to social distance longer. Like I'm trying to tell people, if we don't go back now, when do we go back? Yeah. Try. The vaccine is not going to cure this guys. Right. Um, you know, just talking real quick about that. A vaccine ain't going to cure this. If, if the vaccine, if a vaccine doesn't cure the flu that they say is not as bad as coronavirus, how is a vaccine going to cure coronavirus? Right. That's right. And I ain't taking a vaccine. No way. So <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't take vaccines and I ain't going to start now. So Amen. But anyways, that you was asking a question about that, bro. We're in uncharted waters. Yeah. And I want to say this, and I want to say this to you young guys as well. Um, stick with each other. Y'all, you're going to need each other down the road. We ain't got no time to fuss and fight with each other. Look, if all y'all keep a King James Bible and preaching salvation by grace through faith, look, then let's stick together. I ain't talking about holding hands with, you know, a, a liberal and holding hands with an ecumenical and holding hands with a Catholic. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about all you guys got a King James Bible and, and full-fledged, bona fide, independent Baptist and, and, and love that book, want to live for God. And say, Hang in there together. This is also what I'm seeing. I told Brother Brandon, I told your pastor this at the end of March, I guess, first of March. I said, we're fixing to see a nasty boomerang on this, Brother CT. This is what we're going to see. When people started canceling church because we just didn't know and they wanted to be safe and protect their people, immediately there was some independent Baptist come shooting at all them people. Oh, y'all yeah. are liberals and y'all are blah, 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 blah. And I mean, went after them hard. 
And I said, Brother CT, if we're not careful, we're going to see the other side of this coin, that if it does start getting bad, then the people that did cancel service, and I saw some of this, then the people on the other side that did cancel service started shooting at the people that didn't cancel service because they were saying, well, y'all are endangering lives. Y'all shouldn't be having service. Y'all going to kill people because... Look, whether you don't cancel service or whether you do cancel service, whether you're Sammy K that never canceled a service, or whether you're Brother CT that did cancel, I don't got time to shoot at any of these guys. We're right. not been through yes, any sir. of this. That's good. We're yeah. in uncharted waters. We've never been through any of this. And I know all these men's hearts, and they ain't trying to do nothing but try and give God the glory right. and what's best for their people. Right. Yeah. Well, I'd also give all you guys, you know, this is a, 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 a preacher's chat and all, and for younger preachers, man, this thing's too short to be trying to make more enemies and shoot at each other. Look, we got enough enemies with the liberals. Look, Come I'm on now, King James Bible, and I'm on, I'm on, I'm on rip the seat out of anybody's pants that don't preach that King James Bible. I'm convinced it's the word of God. I'm gonna rip the seat out of any religion that doesn't preach salvation strictly by grace through faith plus nothing minus nothing but I'm going to preach that stuff. I'm going to preach hell hot and heaven sweet. But we're talking about us. Right, preacher. It's us. Exactly. Right. And we're not all, look, we don't all dot our eye in the same spot and cross our T in the same spot. And we don't have to. That's why we're independent. Right. So you were just asking the coronavirus question. All I'd say on that, I, I I have I don't got a lot of time or patience for guys that's shooting at each other over this right, thing. Right, right, yeah. Yes, you know, I know what we did, and this is what we're going to do as our as Bible Missionary Baptist Church. Bless the Lord Almighty. We reopened last Sunday. We're going to stay open by the good grace of God. Amen. Whether anybody else does or not, that's yeah. not my concern. It's not you know they they've got they're praying and looking. I don't pastor Victory. I don't pastor Temple. I don't pastor. Uh, Brother Renfro's church, brother. Mike, I meant to say this a minute ago too. I don't know if any of y'all know, but Brother Micah's daddy. I remember when I was just getting started, young preacher in evangelism. I preached at some churches that his daddy was very well established in preaching revivals for years. His daddy was a great evangelist for a long time. Yeah, doing a good job. So I mean, you know, it did, whatever church you're a member of, it ain't my job to try and go shepherd all that and make sure they're doing what I think they need to be doing. Um, so that's what we've been doing, brother. That's that's the best way I've tried to navigate this. Yeah. this he's kind of asking about navigating it. That's how I've navigated it for myself personally. Um, and I'm trying to navigate it for our church. Uh, brother Cody, let me ask you a question. Okay. Now, I don't know, I don't know if I've ever told you this about myself either. Uh, before I surrendered to preach, I was actually going to school for aviation. Really? I was, Yes, sir. I was going to go fly. I was going. I wanted to go fly fighter jets in the Air Force. And then, oh, no. uh, yes, sir. That's what I wanted to do. And as soon as I, you know, I heard that you fly, I was like, "What in the world?" So, uh, did, what? What's your favorite thing to fly? I know this isn't a spiritual question, but we ain't got to be spiritual all the time. Go ahead. Right? So, uh, I actually what, want to hear this because I mean, you. I've seen the video on YouTube. You ain't just flying. You're doing like when we go to air shows at Seymour Johnson, you fly the planes where everybody's like, man, that dude's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's going through your head when you're flying that thing? Um, well, as far as my flying, my dad flew from before I was born. He got his license in 79. I grew up in the cockpit of an airplane. That was my dad's hobby. Uh, he did aerial photography for some years. 
Hang on a second. My dog whining, wanting out. I had to let him go. He was <laughs> I start barking, ruin this whole thing. So my dad flew since time before I was born. So I I got my license when I was 18. I soloed when I was 16. And what I soloed and flew in up to there was a Cherokee 140, just a little low wing 4C yeah. um, Piper Cherokee. And so uh, got my license in that. Um, and then I didn't do much with it for some years. And when I was in evangelism, uh, I just needed something. I didn't have any kind of hobby in evangelism. And I was going Sunday <laughs> to Friday every week and no hobby. And I just needed something. I was, I was my mind would just, it was just preaching, 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 preaching. And I just needed something. Some guys fish, some guys hunt, you know, something. Got a motorcycle. And so I had aviation in my background. So I said, that's what I'm going to do. So I ended up buying a little small ultralight. Uh, called a Kolb. It's a little open cockpit, cruising yeah. five, 60 miles an hour. And so when I was home on the weekends, I had bought that plane and I toured around in the fields and landed on sandbars down at the river and had a big time. But my dad had been an aerobatic pilot for years. And um, so he still had an aerobatic airplane. And I went to North Carolina and got some training in a two-seat, PSS-2C from a friend of ours, came back and soloed the other one. It's called a DR-107. It's a, called a one design. It's a little single seat. Yeah. 100, 200, 220 horsepower. Little, little, we call it the Chihuahua. It's got, it's small, so we call it the Chihuahua, but it barks yeah. real loud. And um, it's my hobby. It's my release, man. Uh, just, you know, flying aerobatic competitions is what we do. All of them been canceled this year, but when I can, you know, maybe two or three a year, I like to fly some competitions. They grade you on the ground from what you do in the air. Yeah. Uh, it's a challenge. It's a, every time you go up, it's a challenge and it's a whole lot of fun. I don't know if any of y'all have seen the video, but I actually text brother Cody when it came out on YouTube. He was, it? you told me you just got off visitation and you recorded that video. Cause you, it looked like he was in church clothes. Oh yeah, that yes. was, <laughs> and I had been out doing some visits for the, for the church. I'm like, I'm going by the airport. I need some. I, I need something to clear my mind. So I was, I stood in my church dress pants and my nice dress shirt and jumped in the airplane and went flipping flopping upside down. That's what so, I was about to say. I never knew that brother brother Cody flew airplanes till we're, we're friends on Facebook and I saw him share that video. I don't remember if he shared it or if I saw it on YouTube. He but shared it. I, I'm sitting there watching it, and this Joker's in dress a dress shirt and dress pants. Like, yeah. Hey, who is this and, guy? And you flipping know, that thing all man. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I never knew that until he he shared that on Facebook, and I was like, I I thought he was crazy for flying in dress clothes. Yeah. Now, brother Cody, what I want to know is, do you can you fly two seater? Yeah, absolutely. So what do I have to do to get a ride in one of those? I don't have a two seat right now. And so that, you know, uh, man, anybody right now to be able to rent one or anything like that, to be able to get you in one. Cause as soon as uh, my goal, as soon as Bible college is over with, I'm going to do what you did. Good. Cause I'm that I, I told Micah, I was literally like two months after I started to preach, I was already going to school for it. You know, I was going to fly. Ever solo? So, no, sir. Awesome, man. Yeah, get it. You'll never regret it. Just don't turn out like Brother Lester Roloff. Brother Roloff. <laughs> <up the farm> and... <laughs> <laughs> hey, but while we're on that spiritual note, 
you know one of the illustrations brother cody's given on flying where the landing gear wouldn't come down in the plane yeah and the guy said well where's the manual at and uh because what was it? he said that we're not going to land it on the belly or I'm not going to pray for God to give us yeah, a safe fella, landing. That, the, that, the, the pastor that was flying with that guy was brother. Um, oh, gone it. If I hadn't thought about it. I, I could have called his name. You'd know him if I called. But anyways, the guy said, you need to start praying. We're going to have to belly in because the landing gear wouldn't come down. And he said, I'm not praying about it until we read the manual. And he got the manual out and found out you could manually let the manual down. That's right. That's how I tied in the message. You know, a lot of people, a cop out is well i'll pray about it i'm praying about it yeah there's some things you ain't got to pray about right if the book says do it you don't have to pray should i do it you can pray god yes help sir you ain't got to pray about them things amen. yes sir that's good amen uh, drew you got a question or anything yeah i've got one more question actually um i think for me one of the biggest uh discouragements as far as ministry goes early on is sometimes it feels like messages take forever to develop, I'm sure some of these other guys can probably. Really oh yeah. What's the longest time span you can remember of a message taking to develop? Meaning, like from when God gave you the thought, not necessarily to when you preached it, but to when it was ready to preach. If that makes sense, man, brother, you you're you're gonna find out, and you're finding out what every preacher that that's God called and preached for a while has found out. There are sometimes you can be laying in bed at night. And a scripture come to your mind, and I mean so much you have you get up and go write it down, and so much stuff God's shooting it to you so fast you can't even hardly write it down fast enough. And it's like I need to go preach this right now, one o'clock in the morning. And then there are times, man, where you labor and labor and labor over a passage, and it's just like barely eking one thought out at a time, one thought out at a time. Mm -hmm. And then there are some like what you're talking about, brother. There are other thoughts that God for whatever reason, takes a long time to birth in your heart. I've had stuff, literally had stuff where I would, I'd be riding down the road and have a, a thought, pondering, either listen to a song or listen to somebody else preaching, and God give me a, another thought off that. And I'd pick my phone up and throw a note in my phone, and it would sit there. Literally, I've had notes in my phone that sit there, and I've chewed on them and pondered on them for over a year before I ever preached them. And every once in a while, it, something else would hit. And I'd say, man, that goes with that note I put in my phone six months ago. And I'd pull that up and I'd type something else in on it. it, it some, some messages, brother, they stay in the birth canal for a long time before God finally gives birth to them. And, and, and some, some of that, some of that, brother Drew, is not so much that the, the message is not ready to be preached. It's that the messenger ain't ready yet. And sometimes God's waiting to God's waiting to give you the rest of the message till He births some things in you. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, that's good and stuff. Takes, and takes you to a place. I, I, case in point. Case in point. Let me give you this. So tonight I preached this message um, on um, out of Psalm 107, uh, seeing straight in the storm. Psalm 107. I told you that they that go down and see in ships, these do business in great water to see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. So I preach this tonight. And I start off by telling the, the church, and it's truth, uh, not like what I normally tell them ain't the truth. This was the truth, though. But uh, I remember almost 20 years ago preaching out of that same exact passage as a young preacher. And I preached it. Not that same, just out of the passage, totally different message. 
But like I told them, I said, at that time, all I did was exposit the message. Mm-hmm. I, I, I preached it and I preached it biblically. And I, and I hope some people got help and it come right out of the Bible. But all I could do was expound it. I couldn't experience it. My son hadn't got cancer yet. And I hadn't been through that. My, my. I, I hadn't gone through some really dark valleys in my own life where people hurt me, forsook me, you know, that, that kind of thing. And so there's, there, there's something to be said, though, when exposition meets experience. And the only way that exposition, exposition is going to come from your study. Exposition is going to come from time of studying, preparation, and inundating yourself for years with the Word of God to be expansive. But experience, that don't come by time. And there are some messages God may give you now or a thought now, but it may take years, Brother Drew, before you can really uh, expound it with experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so don't don't get discouraged or get uh, upset over sometimes. Man, there are sometimes you're going to have a jam-up dino-whopping thought. Great thought. And maybe you got just a title and a, and a scripture to go with it. And you're going to think, man, this is going to be awesome. And you dive in and start looking, and you can't come up with a point one to save your blessed life. Uh, you can't come up with nothing, and you're just going to sit there and stare at the passage and stare at the passage and stare at the passage like, Lord, this, there's got to be something in here with this. There's, I know there's something here with this. And, uh, and you just keep praying about it and, and just keep laboring over it. And I, I promise you, the more I have found, the more that I look at that book, that book ain't looking, I'm not looking at that book, that book's looking at me. The more I examine that book, I'm not examining it, examining it, it's examining me. And sometimes it just takes a while for the book to finally, you know, give you something out of the Holy Ghost to kind of say, here it is. So all faults ain't going to be the same. Like I say, there's, I'll give you a case in point. Here's just another little, what time we, are we all right? You're good, brother. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Experience and exposition. Experience and exposition. Had had a family in our church back last August. Um, through the summertime, she had gotten pregnant. She'd never had children before. Turns out they had twins. They were having twins. Man, the church was so excited. They had already made their whole house up, their room up. Uh, church, uh, so excited over this. This really was going to be some of the first babies born in the church since I'd been the pastor. Everybody's just happy and we're just making big over them. It's gonna be twins, two boys. August comes around and she's about two months early, I guess. And the husband calls me and said, preacher, they're calling us in or, or she just called me. They had to rush her to the hospital, she's having complications. Long story short, she had both of these babies extremely premature, extreme complications. One of them lived a day, I want to say, and died. And the hardest thing I ever had to do was walk into that room where they was at holding that little dead baby and try and give them some comfort while the other one's on life support. Well, we're, we're thinking, you know, this is terribly discouraging, but God's going to, God's going to get them through it. God's going to, God, this other one's going to live. We started fasting, praying, claiming yeah. this other one's going to live, and we're going to see that miracle baby run around the church and say, man, that kid's a miracle because it was touch and go, bro. That baby lived two or three weeks and took the same turn the other one did and died. 
I watch that mom and daddy. That daddy literally dug the grave with his own hands, his own shovel, and I helped him cover it up. Literally helped him cover it up with a shovel when they put him little box down. They preached their own kid's funeral almost that second one. That second baby died on a Wednesday night, Brother Drew. I'm driving to the church. We hadn't started Thursday night at that time. You know, we did. It was a Thursday night. I'm sorry. It was a Thursday night. Yes, sir. I'm driving to the church, and I'm sitting there saying, God, what am I going to tell these people? Yeah. Well, they're all going to be brokenhearted just like I am. I just come from the hospital watching the second one die, watching them hold the baby until it drew its last breath, and then come in and put a stethoscope on his heart and say, your, your other baby's dead, and watch them take that little baby and haul it off and watch their whole world chatter. Oh, what, world? what am I going to tell them? And bro. Bro, I'm riding down the road. The, the, the hospital is 10 minutes from the church. I'm riding down the road, and in 10 minutes, God took me over to 2 Corinthians to where the Lord told Paul, he said, I besought the Lord three times to take it from me, and the Lord wouldn't do it. And at the end of the day, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And God gave me an outline on that thing. I, I, in 10 minutes riding down the road, God flooded my heart with so much stuff, I couldn't even hardly get it wrote down. I'm crying right down the road. God said, I want you to go preach on what do you do when God doesn't do what you think he should do? What do you do when God doesn't do what you think he ought to do? Because we don't think that this certainly yeah. what man, we want him to do. And I don't even remember if I got this wrote down right here or not. I was trying to remember the outline. I won't see if I, I don't know if I got it wrote down in my Bible here or not. Um, I don't have it wrote down in that Bible. Maybe it's in this Bible. Because all I did, I just jotted it down in one of my Bibles and walked up and preached it, and uh, and had and, and God helped us. I mean, God helped us. But brother, those kind of things, it's not in that one. It's in a different Bible. I don't know which one it's in. But in times like that, man, sometimes, like I say, messages take a long time to birth. But then sometimes God will throw experience and exposition together, and you, bam, yeah, God give you something on the spot to go preach. That's good stuff. Yeah. Amen. But I will tell you all this, the experience to get the right kind of exposition, to really give feeling into a message sometimes, the experience is no, it ain't no fun gaining the experience to be able to give the yeah. exposition, but it's part of it. It's part of it. So, yeah. Amen. Thank you, Brother Cody. I, I, I speak for all these guys when I say I, I've enjoyed this. Yeah, absolutely and i love you guys I, I honest to goodness fellas i want nothing more than to see y'all uh, you know i know we don't quote unquote success we measure on failure uh, faithfulness but let me say this i want nothing more than all y'all succeed man i want y'all to see souls saved lives changed and meetings preached and buildings built and ministry started that's what i want for y'all more than anything i am for y'all if y'all ever did anything Text me, call me, message me. I, I'm for you. I'm in your corner. Don't you never think I'm not. I am. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Cody. I want to ask Micah if he will close us in prayer, and then we'll close it out. Um, hey, uh, Brother Brandon, I want to say one thing before Brother Micah prays. Yeah. Now, this is a long ways out, but if I do want to say this. If there's anybody in the North Carolina area, Brother Cody's preaching our youth rally in August. And I, I had to make sure I said something, um, August 14th and 15th. That's a Friday night, Saturday morning. Friday night, Brother Cody and Brother Brent will preach, Brent Carr, 
And then Saturday morning, it'll be my pastor and then Brother Cody Zorn will preach. Awesome. And I, I was I was told to make sure I announced that. And I didn't want to get in trouble tonight. So Good. I made sure I announced it. So, Amen. Yes, sir. Brother Micah, you uh, you pray for us, and then I'll close it out after you. All right. Sounds good. Lord God, we come before you to God, and we thank you for this day to God. We thank you for this time you've allowed us to spend together. God, and we thank you for the wisdom that you've given us from your man. To God, we thank you for your man. God, yeah. his faithfulness to you throughout the years. God, the blessing that he's been to me personally. God, the blessing that he's been to many across this country. God, these men that have met here tonight. God, I ask you would bless him to God for his time spent. Yeah. God, you would help him to God. You would encourage him during this time. And God, we just thank you for loving us. To God, we love you because you first loved us. God, we ask all this in your precious name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Brother Cody. Uh, Brother Joe, I this the, the thought of this came to me during this episode. Um, I think we, we did this our very first episode, so I think it would be good to stay consistent with it. Uh, to announce our, our next month of guests. Go ahead and get it out there. Um, and I'll do that uh, next week since it's, yeah. we, we announced him the first the first week. So we'll go ahead and tell you who next week is. Next week, we have the honor and the privilege to have my dad on. Uh, my dad pastored in Chattanooga for seven and a half years. And he's Excited from that area. For that and he's a, he's yeah. a big mentor to me and a big help to me. So uh, tune in next week. You won't want to miss that. And then uh, after him, we have Pastor Nathaniel Hobbs, who is a he, he's not a, a a new new pastor, but he's a a fairly new pastor. He's young, and, uh, so you'll want to tune in for Brother Nathaniel. Then we have uh, Brother Scott Sherrod, that I know Joe and Micah and Brother Drew know him. Uh, and then last week we had Doctor John Jenkins on from Clayton, North Carolina. Yeah. And the next ne next month, we are going to have his son, John yeah. Jenkins Jr. on yeah. here. And uh, he's I I've heard that he's a he's a tremendous preacher and he's got some great insights. So that is our, our next month of guests. So we want you to we want you to tune in for those and you won't want to miss them. But I want to I want to take this moment and say a big thank you to Brother Cody. Yeah, um, absolutely. Brother Cody, you're, you're a you're a big mentor to me and an encouragement in my life. And I know these guys as well. And uh, you, you don't, you have no idea what it means to us for you to take time out of your night, you know, after, after just preaching to just get on here and, and encourage us, uh, encourage me. So we want to thank you for that, brother. It's funny. I'll just sit here thinking, it's funny that you, that you're from victory and you had me on tonight and you was talking about camp meeting because had coronavirus not happened, I'd have been preaching at the camp meeting of victory tonight. Yep. Tonight was my night to preach it and camp meeting yeah. in victory. So that's kind of that's kind of an odd. Coincidence. We would have been there. Yeah, yeah. Us Carolina guys would have been there. Yes, yeah. sir. So, awesome. brother Cody, we we thank you and we appreciate you and we look forward to let's let's do it again sometime. I would uh, love to just just I, holler at me. Would love yeah. to come help you guys anytime. Would be an honor. Thank you guys for letting me. Love y'all. Yes, but to thank those you, of you that are watching, we want to thank you for tuning in and uh, we hope you enjoyed this week. We hope that uh, Brother Cody was a blessing to you, and we want you to tune in for the next month at least, and after that as we've got some special surprises in for you. But uh, we love you. Yeah. From from all of us at Preacher Talk, we thank <laughs> you for, for giving us a great month here, and uh, we look forward to the next few months is what God's got in store. But we love you. We hope you have a great rest of the night with your family, and enjoy your weekend, and God bless. Amen.